Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. In the 16 months of fame, James Dean quite possibly became more popular than the movies he played in. An icon in the 50s and 60s in the acting world, he may have been more passionate about cars and motorcycles than acting itself. It was his first movie, East of Eden, that gave him the fame he needed to gain that lucrative movie deal he had always dreamed of. But before he even stepped foot onto a dealership to buy his favorite car, he started to joke about his death. He recorded monologues about his death into a recorder. He joked that he wouldn't make it into his 30s. When asked if he'd ever die in a car crash, he said, what a better way to die. It's fast and clean and you go out in a blaze of glory. He always said he wanted a quick death, probably because he unfortunately saw his mom die a painful, slow death from cancer. But the melancholy of his story though, wasn't the case 16 months prior to his car accident because he went from no one knowing him to the most famous actor in that short 16-month time span. In 1955, he made a purchase, a Triumph motorcycle, the fastest bike that Triumph made for that year, the Model 100, because it went 100 miles an hour. Well, then he upgraded to something larger when Triumph came out with a new model, the 110, because, as you guessed it, it went 110 miles an hour. Well, he would use that bike to upgrade even further, an MGTD. But the story doesn't stop there, because it was this MG that really gave him traction to upgrade to his dream car, the Porsche Speedster. The Porsche 356 Speedster, four-cylinder, rear-engine, rear-wheel drive car, and had a major design influence on the 550 Spider, which is the car he would eventually die in. He won a few races, but he eventually just wanted to go faster. He was an amateur racer and he was very talented, which even got the attention of some professional racers at the time. His talents also got the attention of Warner Brothers, who found out he had been racing and told him he couldn't race any longer. But that didn't stop him at all. He used that Porsche 356 Speedster to upgrade yet again to the Porsche 550 Spyder. The Porsche 550 Spyder, the name, came from the wheels that were on carriages at that time, like spindly spider legs. The original price tag for that Porsche 550 Spider, around $17,000, which is an enormous price tag for 1955. But now it's worth around five to six million. Only 90 cars were ever made. It could reach a top speed of 150 miles per hour. It's low stance and had a menacing look for that era, but with one major design flaw. It had a very odd weight distribution. It tended to rotate uncontrollably, also known as oversteering and fish channeling in the car world. Well, it's September of 1955, and 
James Dean has the spider, and this is where some eerie coincidences start to occur. Let's talk about a friend of Dean's, Maila Nurmi, the woman who created the character Vampira. She had a dark sense of humor, she often spoke about dark topics, and she was even interested in the occult. Well, she sent him a postcard of herself next to an open grave saying, Darling, come join me. But the real, almost prophetic coincidences really start to compile after he meets Alec Guinness, the original Obi-Wan. Here's a clip of what Alec eerily told James Dean only about a week before his accident. You also met Dean, didn't you, James Well, Dean? my f- very first night in Hollywood, I met James Dean. It was very, very odd uh, occurrence. Um, I'd arrived off the plane. But those were, you know, it took a long time in those days, about 16 hours of flight. And um, I'd been met by Grace Kelly and various people, but I found that I was alone for myself for the evening. And uh, a woman I knew phoned up and said, let me take you out to dinner. And we went to various places, and she was wearing trousers, and they wouldn't let her in any of the smart Hollywood restaurants. Thank you, you know, whatever it was, 1952, 54, something like that. However, we finally went to a little Italian dive, and that was full. And so one got turned away. I said, I honestly, I don't mind just a hamburger anywhere. I was hungry by then. And then I heard feet running down the street, and it was James Dean. And he said, I was in that restaurant, you couldn't get a table. And my name's James Dean. He said, will you come and join me? So he said, yes, very kind of him. And then going back into the restaurant, he said, oh, before we go in, I must show you something. Um, I've just got a new car. And there in the courtyard of this uh, little restaurant was a, I don't know what the car was, some little silver, very smart thing, all done up in cellophane with a bunch of roses tied to its bonnet. Uh, and I said, how fast can you drive? And he said, oh, I can do 150. And I said, have you driven it? He said, no, I've never been in it at all. And some strange thing came over me, some almost different voice. And I said, look, I won't join your table unless you want me to, but I must say something. Please do not get into that car, because if you do, and I looked at my watch, and I said, if you get into that car at all, it's now Thursday, whatever the day it was, uh, 10 o'clock at night, and by 10 o'clock at night, next Thursday, you'll be dead if you get into that car. I don't know. So I went and had dinner, we had a charming dinner, and he was dead the following uh, Thursday afternoon in that car. One of those odd things. Where, where did, I mean, has it ever happened to you before? <laughs> no, I'm glad to say. But it was one of a very, very odd, spooky experience. He was not, I liked him very much too. I'd love to have known, known him more. Yes. Or how about James Dean in this short clip doing a PSA for driver safety? Ladies and gentlemen, James Dean. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Iggy. We asked Jimmy over today because he's a racing man himself. A real one, not a crazy one. Incidentally, I think I should explain that Jimmy just stepped over from the set of Giants. And need I add, he plays a Texan. Speaking of racing, have you ever been in a drag race? Are you kidding me? I just thought I'd ask. No, Jim races in the tradition, you might say. Real racing cars, real tracks. How fast will your car go? Oh, an 
honest miles an hour. Clocked at the runabout. 106, 7. You've won a few races, haven't you? Oh, one or two. Where? Well, I was showed pretty good at Palm Springs. I ran a baker's field. Jimmy, we probably have a great many young people watching our show tonight, and for their benefit, I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway. Do you think it's a good idea? Good point. I, uh, I used to fly around quite a bit, you know. I took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highways. And I started racing, and, uh, and now I drive on the highways, and I'm uh, extra cautious. Because you know, no one knows what they're doing half the time. You don't know what this guy's going to do with that one. On a track, there are a lot of men who spend a lot of time developing rules and ways of safety. And uh, I find myself being very cautious on the highway. I don't have the urge to, to speed on the highway. People say racing is dangerous, but I'll take my chances on the track any day than on the highway. Well, Gig, I think I'd better take off. Oh, wait a minute, Jimmy. Um, one more question. Do you have any special advice for the young people who drive? Take it easy driving. The life you might save might be mine. You know? <laughs> so not only did Dean keep the car, he wanted to make modifications to the 550 Spider. One of the first things he did was had the iconic Little Bastard painted on the car in reference to a nickname that Bill Hickman, a friend and stunt driver, gave him. They made some other engine and chassis modifications as Bill coached him how to handle and control the car. Well, he and Bill took the car on the 101 freeway to break it in and test some of those mods they made. Highway Patrol caught them speeding and tried to pull him over, and he most certainly tested those engine modifications because James Dean and his buddy Bill outran the cops. Later that day, after getting back home at around 3 a.m., he picked up three friends and went to Salinas, California for a race. At around 3 p.m., they were stopped by another patrol officer going 65 in a 55. Bill tells Dean, hey, be aware of cars turning in front of you. The spider is hard to see, and it's getting pretty dark. He responds with, hey, don't worry about it, big bastard, I got this. 180 miles away, near Salinas, California, on September 30th, 1955, at 5.15 p.m., James Dean is approaching the intersection of Route 46 and 41. A man by the name of Donald Turnipseed is traveling east and turns left to go north. He's driving a 1950 Ford Tudor, which is an incredibly large, very heavy car. For whatever reason, Dean tries to swerve rather than brake, and he ends up spiraling three times. It's estimated that he was traveling between 55 and 65 miles per hour at the time of the crash. His untimely death at this crash site is still met with emotion, as even today there are many people that pay their respects at the crash site. But the missing chapter of this story involves what happens after the crash. You may recognize the name George Barris. He's a legend of the car world. He designed Batmobile, the Munster's car, the Beverly Hillbillies car. And supposedly, he bought the car after the crash. He sold the parts to a man by the name of William F. Eshrick. He's a doctor and racer. He buys the engine and transaxle and swing arms from Barris. The engine, he put it into his Lotus. 
and he sells the other parts to a guy by the name of Troy McHenry. In 1956, both Eshrick and McHenry are at a race at the LA County Fairgrounds. 15 minutes into the race, McHenry loses control, spins out, and hits a tree. Eshrick loses a tire a little later. The tire goes flying. Andrew's a bystander, but he survives. McHenry, unfortunately, did not. Apparently, George Barris welded the original wrecked car back to a Porsche lookalike and began to tour it as an attraction and as a warning against dangerous driving. When it first showed up at Barris's place, though, it fell off the transporter, fell on the guy's legs, and broke them both. He then sells the tires from the car, and two of them explode as the new owner is driving away, causing another major accident. In 1959, there was also a fire that broke out in the building where it was being displayed. The building caught fire and everything burned down except the car, which evidently did not have a burn mark on it. It was also on a transport truck in Salinas. The truck was in an accident, so the driver gets out of the truck to inspect the damage, and the car fell off the truck and killed the driver. Some of these stories could be surrounded in expounded legend, but what some people find it hard to deny is the coincidences surrounding the car and the number five. It's 1955. He's driving a 550 Spider. It has five taillights. He routinely traveled on California Route 5. James has five letters. He crashed at 515. The serial number to the car, 550055. And as some James Dean fans pointed out, five represents energy and independence, which certainly described Dean himself. The engine and transaxle are still around today, but the car itself has completely disappeared. In 1960, it was on a sealed transport back to George. But when it was opened up, George Barris himself, to his astonishment, the car was gone. Mystery and legend remain where the car actually is. And with some present-day leads, the hunt is still on. He was just 24 years old when he died. But James Dean's death, however eerie and ill-timed, only further secured his place in history as an icon. This has been a Missing Chapter Short, your quick fix for one of history's forgotten stories in a busy world. Listen to more shorts as well as full-length episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast providers.